You are listening to the Ditch the Budget podcast, and I'm your host, Heidi Ramore. I'm a wife, a mom of two young boys, and I've spent the last 17 years in financial services as a licensed financial planner, insurance specialist, and debt crusher. My goal is to show you that there's more to life than counting calories and paying bills, and that you truly can get out of debt and build wealth without the restrictive budgets and complicated spreadsheets. So if you're ready to reduce your financial stress and truly live the life of your dreams, then tune in and let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Ditch the Budget podcast. Hi, everyone. I am excited. Uh, I feel like I'm always excited to come and chat with you all. You're my peeps. I love it. I've been more and more having these conversations with my private clients. Some of them are going from two income families down to one. Most of the clients that I've dealt with, it's been because of a marital breakdown or divorce, separation, that sort of thing. But I've also had a few clients over the last year go through a job loss. And so really having to navigate going down from two incomes down to one. I'll give you tips for both of those uh, different scenarios when you're going really from two incomes down to one, because there are some things that you're going to want to take into consideration. So the very first thing that I'm going to say, and if you've been following me for a while, you might even know what it's going to be. And that's the very first thing that you always need to start off with is defining your financial goals. What are your goals? Is it to pay off debt? Is it to get a new porch on your front? You know, I'm dealing with a client right now. That's one of her goals. Her porch is literally falling away from the house. It's going to create so much more work down the road. So it needs to be addressed. Do you need a new roof? Do you need a new car? You know, do you want to put in a new swimming pool? Define those financial goals. And that will really be a very big step for us to really see where are we allocating your dollars. That is really, really, really important. So you need to define what those goals are. The second thing that you're going to need to do is you're going to need to do an audit of your expenses. Now, depending on the situation, so I'm dealing with mostly women who are becoming separated or divorced, newly single, and they are either moving out, they've maybe sold their home. If that's the case, then my suggestion is really to take a breather. Don't jump into any buying a house right away or really long-term lease. If you are able to stay somewhere for a few months just to really understand what the market is, I feel like in this environment, especially with COVID happening, and real estate is kind of nuts. I just, my fear and my worry is that people are going to jump too quickly into a home that maybe they haven't researched enough in a location that maybe they don't know, or just really overextend themselves without fully having a grasp on the full picture of what expenses and paying for expenses will look like on one income. So my advice is to hold off as long as possible until you have the data behind you to really understand what some of those costs are. Uh, I think if at all possible, right? Of course, there's always different scenarios where that's not possible. You're going to have to live somewhere. It's definitely case by case, but I would say if you have the option to maybe stay with family or even for a month or two while you really digest what's going on, because uh, it's a lot of change. 
and it's a lot of it's emotional and buying a home is already emotional enough finding a place that forever home and really especially in that stage in your life where you're divorcing you might feel like you want to get your dream home or maybe there was some things that you really wanted in your in your home that you weren't able to get in the past and so those things in your mind become higher value for you. Well, I always wanted a pantry and my ex didn't care if I had a pantry or a beautiful laundry room. And so this next house that I get, I want it to have all of these things. And then what happens is you might be overextending yourself to get into that quote unquote dream home. When really, if we go back and we look at your financial goals, are you able to pay your bills? Are you able to meet your financial obligations as a single woman? Are you able to go on that vacation or just whatever your financial goals are, making sure that we're able to meet those and not overextending ourselves in a new home? I think that's really important. So defining those goals is going to be number one. And number two, and this is honestly the shitty work. So I don't know how else to say that, but this is not fun work is to go back and do an audit of your expenses. This will give you a really good idea of how you spend money, especially if you're somebody that wasn't in charge of paying the bills. You need to have an understanding of what those bills might cost when you become a homeowner on a single income or when you become, when you rent a place for the first time on your own. If you're never, if you've never been used to buying the groceries or most of the time I see it's like the car payments and the things like that, that you might not have been involved in in the past. It's a very rude awakening when you're already locked into a contract. So I would say really do an audit of those expenses and understand your spending behavior. If you're somebody that never had to pay the bills because maybe your ex was the person that was paying all of the bills and your money was really fun money or you spent it on the kids or you had your bills, your partner, your ex had his bills or her bills. You had separate bills, separate finances. You really are going to need to take everything into consideration because now on a single income, it's going to be all on you. So it's really understanding, well, what does rent cost in the neighborhood that I want to live in? You know, what does my income look like? Do I need to change locations of jobs? Is my job secure? Where are my kids going to li be living if you have children and there's joint custody? So that's why I really say don't rush into buying anything, especially buying a rental lease for a year, I think is pretty common, but if you can even have it for six months, I would say do a rental for six months if you can. That will put you in a really good position to get on your feet and really um, make those purchasing decisions, especially when you're dividing assets, if you're selling a home, if there's joint debt that you're paying off. So there's a lot going on at once, especially with that divorce or that separation. And so it's really understanding and and having that audit of your natural spending habits, because they're not going to change overnight just because now you're on a single income. And I think that's what a lot of us think is that, oh, well, I just won't spend the money, you know? Oh, well, I'll just stop getting my nails done. But it's not quite that simple because we're human beings. We're creatures of habit. And it's really difficult to break some of those patterns and those habits. So really by defining your goals and figuring out what that is, that might mean home ownership. That might mean a new vehicle or something like that. 
then it's really defining what that is and making sure that your finances can support it. Looking at what your new income is, your household income, right? Maybe you have a new partner now or something of that nature. So it's really understanding what your new income is going to be, what your new expenses are going to be, and what you've spent in the past. So what's very typical? What's a typical Christmas? How much do you spend typically on that? How much do you spend on birthdays? And now that it's going to be separate, the tendency might be to overcompensate. So then there's that that kind of can play into it as well. The other thing that I would recommend, especially if there's child support or spousal support payments being made, is to really try hard and not factor that in to your cash flow. Because there, unfortunately, there's times where that money just doesn't come in. I'm working with a client right now and that's her reality. And so there's no sense in, in us creating a cash flow plan based on money that half the time is not, does not show up on our doorstep. So obviously like that's more of the severe type situation, but if you can, I would really design your cash flow plan around not receiving those spousal support payments and not receiving child support. Eventually those two things might end anyways, right? Depending on your arrangement. So I just think it's something to look into and something to be aware of, can I support where I'm living if my ex doesn't, if he's late or or she's late, or if my child support payments don't come in, can I still sustain my standard of living? I think that's a really good question to ask yourself. I really try to have your major purchasing decisions. So the type of vehicle you drive and the type of home you're in, those are really your biggest uh, points of where I see a lot of money going out every single month and a home and a vehicle are not easy to return. We can return the clothing, we can return the Amazon purchases for the most part, but it's really difficult to return the groceries and return our home and return our vehicles. So those are ones that any major purchases, I really would say no bueno, try really hard to avoid any of those major purchases for at least a year. If you can wait that long and maybe rent something, I know the market is crazy and I know you might be feeling like, no, I just want to get into this market because it's just going to keep going up and up and up. But I really, I would encourage you, especially in this low interest rate environment to really take a look at that. And if that's your choice, of course, everything's your choice. It's your money. If that's your decision is to, to jump into home ownership and buying a new home on your own, I would really stress test that against interest rates rising. And I think that's already happening anyways to qualify for mortgages, but just something to keep in mind. So defining your goals, doing an audit of your expenses, what will your new income and your new expenses, what will they look like? Get an idea. Are you moving maybe closer to your family, like to your parents? And therefore, now do you have a commute to your to your job. Well, if that's the case, so now let's factor in some extra gas money. If you're leasing extra mileage, can we throw in a few extra oil changes and wear and tear on the vehicle? So things like that. And of course, we're not going to get it right. But I think if you have that on your radar as something to factor into your plan, that will really, really, really help you. I would also say that if you are still going through the agreements of, and of course, this is not financial advice. Every case is, is case by case. So definitely go and talk to your lawyer, talk to your financial professional. This is just general in nature as always, but 
you know, if you are going through a, a separation and your agreements haven't been drafted yet, I would really encourage you to take a look at insurance in case your partner loses their job, in case you're something, God forbid, happened and they passed away and you're relying on some of those support payments, let's make sure there's insurance to support that and vice versa. If your children are living full-time with you or if it's 50-50 and something happens to you, you're going to want to make sure that your kids are taken care of. And now if they're full-time with, with your ex, then, you know, that's obviously going to cost more on, on their part to feed them, all the other things. It's not no longer being split. So I think that there's a real importance of both of you having adequate insurance to make sure that those things are now, what happens if there's a job loss? So I think uh, a loss is something that I know I went through a job loss in 2019. Thankfully, I got a really, I would say a really good package. I also was at that company for a long time and had negotiated a little bit. But I think it's look at your severance package if you qualify for one, if you've been let go look into any government benefits that might be available to you. And I know navigating those websites aren't easy, but really take the time to figure out what money is available to you and know that that's temporary, right? You know, unemployment is temporary for the income that's coming in. So it's really making that plan of what do I want? What do I really want? And I think that's something that can be so beautiful out of a job loss, out of a marital breakdown. And, and it's something that we don't look at as a positive. It's like, for the first time for a lot of you, if you're going through that, you're going through a grieving process, right? You're grieving the loss of something, the loss of a job, the loss of a partner. And there's something that I think we really need to honor and acknowledge that it is a grieving process, much like the death of somebody. And to go through those motions, and that's again why I say don't make those purchasing decisions when you're in that emotional state. I, don't, I would really highly advise against that. So if you do have a job loss, I was really looking at what benefits can I apply for and making that plan of, okay, did it, do I have disability insurance? Jeez, I don't. So now it almost makes insurance even more important if you're on a single income, because if that income gets interrupted in any way, you're going to want to make sure that money's coming in if you become disabled, if you get critically ill, and God forbid, if you passed away. So making sure your own insurance is really adequate, not just through your employer, but privately as well. And just making sure that all those ducks are in a row. And again, it always comes down to what your goals are, and if you work with a professional already, you know, make sure you're sitting down with them and having that neutral approach. One of the really great things that I feel like I have for that I can give to my clients is that I'm not emotionally attached. You know, I'm really not emotionally attached when you've lost your job. I'm sad for you. I'm heartbroken that you're going through that. I know what that feels like, but I'm not in your shoes. So I really can't, I can make those recommendations for you from that bird's eye view and really being able to take the emotion out. Same with a divorce. I've never been through a divorce or a marital breakdown. I don't know what those emotions are really like. So even on that front, I'm able to take that emotion out of it and just give you that financial advice 
that I would give my sister if I had one. And so I think that that's really, really, really important. So it all comes down to figuring out what your goals are, figuring out where the money is currently going, where, where you estimate the money will be going in your future, making sure there's adequate insurance for both of you in case something happens, you want to make sure that there's adequate insurance. And I think that conversation doesn't happen enough. You're also going to want to redo your will. So you're going to want to make an appointment, make sure your wills are redone so that your assets don't go to your ex, they go to your kids maybe. And then it's really having that cash flow plan. You don't need to live in poverty. You don't need to live with restricted budget. You can do this. You can reach your goals, but you just need maybe a little bit of help along the way. And so I'm very, very happy to, to give you that. All right. Hope everybody has an awesome day. We'll talk soon. Bye. If you found today's episode valuable, please take a screenshot, throw it up on your stories, tag me at Heidi Ramore, DM me on Instagram, find me on Facebook. I am here for all of the things. And I will see you next time on the next episode of Ditch the Budget. Ditch the Budget.